This episode of Pub Talk Live was broadcast on February 22nd, 2020, live from the Coastal Magic Convention. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the February 22nd episode of Pub Talk Live, the live publishing talk show that airs the second and fourth Saturday of every month at 9 p.m. Eastern. I'm your host, Sarah Nicholas. I'm a young adult author, the current, actually, I am no longer the current managing director for Pitch Wars. I got to change that. Uh, I'm on the board for Pitch Wars, let's say that, and a library event planner. Uh, if you've seen the show before, tonight is going to be a little different, and welcome back. And if you're new to the show, um, welcome. Tonight is a little bit different from what we usually do because we are here live from Coastal Magic Convention in Daytona Beach. And I have multiple guests, um, but they are actually all here with me in real life, like Jeff here. I am right here. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, You can subscribe to Reminders via email by clicking on the link in the description so you don't miss a show. You can also follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at PubTalkLive. And if you'd like to support the show, you can find a link to the Patreon near the end of the video description down below. And we already have some people here. Um, so I'm just going to say hi to a couple of them before I introduce Jeff. So Tamara is here. She said, super pumped. <laughs> and Heather, hello, Heather. Good to see you again. Um, let's see, is Ebony here? I know she was looking forward to it. I unfortunately do not have fancy drinkware today, though. So... Today, our first guest is Jeff Adams. Um, Jeff Adams writes both gay romance and LGBTQ young adult fiction. Jeff is the co-host of the Big Gay Fiction Podcast, a weekly show devoted to gay romance, as well as pop culture and the Big Gay Author Podcast, a show focusing on Jeff and his husband Will's journey to become full-time authors. You can learn more about Jeff's books and the podcast at jeffandwill.com, which is a very easy you're all right. Welcome, Jeff. Thank you. Thanks for having me. This is so weird to be like in the room with the person that I'm talking to. <laughs> in the room and doing the podcast live because yes. all of our stuff that we do oh, is yeah. pre-recorded. <laughs> yeah, this morning we had a panel and he recorded it for his podcast. So mm-hmm. we're going to, um, so you'll be able to hear that. I'll post a link on social media and stuff when that happens. And we actually have a pretty, um, gay show today. We got a lot of MM authors. We do, and, yeah. yeah. So that's going to be fun. <laughs> All right. Um, so today what we're going to do is instead of, if you've watched the show before, you know we have the first half, we have publishing news, and then the second half I do an interview. So we're going to be doing like mini episodes with each author. Um, so we'll do one piece of publishing news, and then we'll do a little mini interview, and then we will um, bring the next person in. So you ready? I'm ready. You're, re- you're excited for this news item. I'm intrigued by this news item, <laughs> but I definitely have opinions on it. <laughs> All right. So bookshop.org is a new website that hopes to be an indie alternative to Amazon. The website, which is in beta now, offers an, a way for independent bookstores and perhaps authors and publishers as well, a different way to sell their books. They also offer affiliate commissions, which will help publications, reviewers, and bloggers who rely on affiliates to support their sites with a commission that is actually 2.5 times that of Amazon's at 10%. What do you think about that? It's an interesting concept, yeah. right? I mean, anybody that goes up against Amazon 
is it's good that somebody tries to make a run at it. If you look at, you know, Google and Kobo and I'll leave Barnes and Noble on the side because Barnes and Noble <laughs> is a whole other thing with sure. both being brick and mortar still and the website. But if you look at Kobo and even Google's attempts, certain parts of the world it works out, certain parts of the world like the US, you know, Amazon is the dominant thing with like 80%, 90% of the book market. Mm -hmm. And when you add in Kindle Unlimited to that, which especially for the romance authors is where you tend to really make the bank because of the subscription model. Mm -hmm. I, like Kindle Unlimited people are never going to go this route unless they do want to support their local bookstore because that's the flip side of this where this may work, right? Mm -hmm. Is if there's something for the local bookstores to be able to augment their funds and help them stay going. Mm -hmm. You look at bookstores like the Ripped Bodice, for example, where yeah. they've got their online bookstore that connects to what the store actually does. And you could do things like if an author's coming in for events, you can order through that bookstore to get the books mm -hmm. reserved for you or get author, you know, autograph copies sent to you through the store. I don't I love the idea. I just don't yeah. know how it's going to sustain and yeah. be able to build market share for the consumer and then for the author too, for the indies. Is this going to be something I can upload through uh, draft to digital or some other aggregator or is it another place that I'm going to have to put a book in or I wish them all the best yeah. and hope it succeeds because I like the idea behind all of it. I think it's going to be interesting to see how they come out of beta and if they can get in it for the long haul because it's yeah. they're going to be funded enough to actually be able to be in it long enough to try to build the audience. Yeah, well, most of the article, and by the way, if this is your first time watching, all the articles that we're talking about will be in the description later tonight. I copy and into them into the description so you can read more about anything that we're talking about that you're interested in. But most of the article talked primarily about print books. Mm -hmm. Um, and so maybe they're primarily going for that print book market. And I know there are a lot of people that don't want to buy from Amazon. So True. Hopefully, I don't know. We'll see what happens. Um, Kelly O has joined us, but she said the phone battery is dying. Oh, no. But she'll join us for until that happens, I guess. Uh, Ebony is here. Ebony, I shouted you out earlier. I don't have any drinkware today to show you. I just have a bottle. So um, Tamara said Amazon isn't. So big in Australia, I don't think. I don't know anything about Australia. I think that's true. I mean, Amazon tends to be the biggest here in the U.S., a little bit in the U.K. Kobo is big Canada and more mm -hmm. worldwide. Yeah. So, and there, so there could be some opportunities. Yeah. Other places to make an impact. And I think I think bloggers will be tempted by the ten percent commission. Yeah, that's pretty significant. Yeah. Uh to if you can get affiliate because that may actually be some of where they can get their their money is from the bloggers linking there instead of Amazon. Yeah. All right. So um let's talk about you for a minute. All right. <laughs> um so you do two different podcasts, right? So how do um those podcasts connect to your writing? So we started Big Gay Fiction Podcast. My husband and I started it four and a half years ago because we read a ton of books and we want to tell people about the books that we're reading. And it really started as a way for us to talk about books we were reading, but also with the idea that if you like the books we're talking about, 
there's at least a pretty good chance you're going to be interested in the books that we actually also write okay. at the same time. Because <laughs> if you like these romances, you might like our romances. Mm -hmm. But And then we started adding a component of interviewing authors, which is so incredibly fun because for us as authors, it's always fun to talk about it to another author about their book, how they wrote it, what it's about, their processes, all that stuff. And so it really became a great not only marketing platform for us, but almost more importantly to us is, you know, really calling out books that we love, but also this way to talk to authors every week. And I think it's it's cool for our listeners and our viewers too, because the all of this ends up on YouTube also, and we usually get video with the authors. And it's a way to see the author and hear from the author if you can't get to an event like Coastal Magic or some of the other events that are out there you know, in the community. And you can see and hear from them and, and be more connected to them than you might be just through, you know, a blog post or a Facebook group or something like that. You know, I actually used one of those videos um, when I was I was trying to decide on a guest for a show and I had never seen them speak in real life. And I used one of your videos <laughs> to determine like if they would be a good guest. <laughs> can they speak good? Which yes. is sometimes the problem you run into because yeah. the other... The, Authors can be introverts a lot of the time, and you put them on a camera, they're like, they freeze. Yeah, yeah. That's why I think you're so bold doing this live because like, <laughs> I can chat with the guests a little bit and warm them up before oh, I push yeah. the record button, and you just you're off and running. Yeah, <laughs> sometimes it works. Most of the time it works. <laughs> um, and I, I was saying in the the panel we did this morning too is like one of my favorite parts about doing the show is being able to invite authors that I really love. Mm -hmm. um, to talk to me for an hour, you know, that I maybe normally wouldn't just be like, Hey, let's chat for an hour. Whereas, you know, it's on the show. So it's, you have a legitimate on. reason to yeah. do it because <laughs> you're like, come and chat. And some and, of my favorite authors have been on the show. I'm just like, yeah, yeah. ours too. Yeah. So it's, cool. it's really cool to have that, that extra little thing going on to, yeah. to add into everything. And then hopefully it all, you know, balances out time-wise. Cause as you know, this, Things like this can take up a lot of time. They, yeah, they can. That is the good thing about being live, though. You don't have to edit. That's true. Editing takes <laughs> forever. True, it does. <laughs> um, let's see. Tamara said, I've just started getting into podcasts, so now you have another two to listen to. Excellent. Yeah. Too. Come check us out. Ebony said, I'm totally introverted. Hello. That's so funny because Ebony is like the most active member of the Pub Talk Live community. <laughs> <laughs> so that's great. Um, all right. So I have a question for you. I warned you about this one. Um, what is the most important book you've ever read? Important book. I like how you phrase this question too. So what is your favorite book yeah. or, you know, it's the most important book. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to go with The Adventures of Cavalier and Clay by uh, Michael Chabon. Oh. I think okay. I actually shrunk that title more than it is. It's a really <laughs> long title. But it's The Adventures of Cavalier and Clay. I read this book when it came out. And it's, long story short, it's about uh, two they're comic book artists. They've come over from Germany to the U.S. They're trying to settle in here, and they're comic book artists. And this book covers, like, decades. The oh. World War II happens in it. Their rise of comic books mirrors some things like DC and Marvel. Mm -hmm. They're kind of based on, I think it's Bob Keane, who I believe did Batman. Okay. Um, there's a little uh, LGBTQ in there because... Uh, one of them is gay, but of course, back then, you don't, you know, mm -hmm. that's very closeted material. 
uh, Michael Chabon won a Pulitzer for this oh, okay. uh, and several other awards. It's just an epic work. And I, it's one of the few things I will go back and read and reread, okay. not only because the story is so good, but because I like to look at it from a craft standpoint. Not that I want to write a book like it, but just how he weaves this big epic story and it, you just you just turn the pages to this thing and it just it makes me so happy and eventually they're supposed to do a movie of it but i don't think they've ever figured out how to do a movie of such this epic tale and make it right yeah because he's he's also very into film and tv himself and i, I think he's like one of the showrunners on the new picard show mm -hmm. so he's not going to let it get made wrong yeah because <laughs> he knows better <laughs> Cool. One of these days, I'm going to do like a book club of all the answers to this question or something. You have a big master list of all the important yeah, books on, on, on like the on a website or something. I ha I just have the video snippets. Um, I some big talk behind the keyboard. That's, <laughs> that's funny. Um, all right, Jeff. Thank you so much, and uh, have a good night. We're going to bring on our next guest. Next guest. It's the transition yes. time on the We're couch. Switch out. Um, <laughs> And you can find Jeff's um, website and social media info in the description down below. If I don't have a website in the description and social media for the authors, I will by tonight. So um, make sure you check all the authors out. I also want to say before I introduce our next guest, if you are watching um, anywhere that's not on the YouTube website, uh, so if you're watching on like Twitter or Facebook embedded, uh, make sure you click on over to the YouTube site because that is where the chat is going to be. So I won't be able to see comments on Twitter, but if you switch over to the YouTube chat, that's where I'm going to be able to see your comments. And that's where all the conversation is happening. So, And I will try to remember to say that again because people come in and out, but maybe y'all can remind me. All the authors are here, by the way. They're just being very quiet in the back. They're, they're being great. All right. So next up, we have my friend who I've known since... 2013, yes, Todger Candle. That was the first Coastal Magic convention back when it's called Old City New Blood. We actually met at this convention. Yes, that's true. Todger Candle writes romance under a variety of subgenres and pen names with over 80 books. Yes. An active release. Mm -hmm. She's also the interim president of Novelist Inc. Nink, that's how people Nink. say it, right? That's right. And a passionate advocate for indie publishing. So welcome to the show, Tanya. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah. It's so great to have you. I'm so excited to have everyone here in person. <laughs> um, so we have another news item. A sad one this time. Well, yes. Well, potentially sad. Yeah. For the fourth year in a row, the Trump administration has proposed the elimination of the Institute of Museum and Library Science Services, sorry, which would eliminate almost all federal funding for libraries. IMLS has survived and even seen increase, increases in funding the past few years due to community advocacy led in large part by the American Library Association. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's um, it's sad. <laughs> it's 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 really a shame. But what I think I try to draw positive out of anything that I can, and it's really cool that people are responding. Yeah, by, you know, by making sure that the funding is coming from elsewhere. Um, but libraries are so important. I mean, yes. are libraries important to yes. you? <laughs> libraries are important to me. For anyone who doesn't know, I work at a library. I actually work at the library that won the 2018 IMLS National Medal. 
Yeah. So mm-hmm. libraries are, um, especially for people who don't have access to, uh, you know, other ways to read books or listen to audio or watch videos mm-hmm. or computers, you know, uh, you know, access computers. I mean, they're just a treasure trove of, of information and availability that is just not available. Yeah. Available new place out. Yeah. It's the end of a long day. Yeah. Can you tell them? It has been words, a long right? day. I had a 9 a.m. panel, Jennifer. Yeah, so does that. If you're yeah. watching this later, yeah. we're going to talk about I that. I had a 9 a.m. panel both days. Yeah. <laughs> she knows Love I am you, not Jen. a morning person. <laughs> but no, it is. It's true that, that um, it's, it's one of those things that libraries can change lives. And it sounds trite, but it's true. Uh, there's yeah. so many uh, people out there who would not have access to books. Um, I mean, I read ebooks through Libby, which comes yep. from the library. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, our internal model at the library is actually we change lives. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that is we also teach cooking classes. I, I teach cooking classes. Can you believe that? Oh, uh, you know, because I, I follow you on Instagram and, and Twitter and, you know, Facebook or whatever, and I see all those classes that are going on at the library. And it's, you know, it's, it's always so cool to see, oh, okay, this is what they're doing today. And I, I happen to think that um, I'm in Seminole County now, but mm-hmm. Orange County. Yeah, we now have also, um, so my, the main library in Orange County is downtown and there is a large homeless population there. Yes. And we have um, now a, I don't think he's full-time, he's like 30 hours a week social worker. Oh, really? Yes. Yeah, so cool. he spends That's a lot of time at the downtown branch. He goes to a couple other branches too that are kind of, um, you know, that certain demographic that might need it. Um, but yeah, he helps them get all kinds of social services and stuff. So. And it's needed. I know I've taught classes before at the library. Sorry, I just saw Ebony's comment. <laughs> That's funny because I feel like the POTUS needs to spend a whole lot of time in a library. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. oh funny. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's very true. That's, <laughs> that's very true. That's Although I'm not sure that, isn't there a rule about not talking much? Um, I mean, lab and library. I'm not sure you could follow that rule. So. You can't interfere with. Um, other library activities. That's true. Yeah. That's true. yeah. All right. <laughs> let's move on. Yeah, that. we won't go off. We won't go off <laughs> onto that subject. That could be All right. So let's talk about you. Okay. I love. Uh, are you ready for this? Uh, maybe. I know you're ready for this because you okay. actually wrote this. Question, oh, okay. okay. But <laughs> you know. Um, so you write sexy contemporary and erotic romance. I do. Mm-hmm. Your husband is a priest. He is. Yeah. Yes. So how do you reconcile? I could, that could have been a surprise, right? I could have been like, yeah. oh, he is. <laughs> he is? <laughs> yeah, dramatic moment, right? Yes, he is a priest. How do you he? reconcile those, those two things? Um, first of all, I wrote before he was a priest. Okay. So that was, that was I always say, um, I came first. <laughs> and um, secondly, uh, even though what I write is, is maybe not necessarily what the... Uh, the ministry wants to, wants me to write. Um, I happen to think that it's very spiritual, just maybe on a different on a different level. Um, and we use it. We go together in our in our jobs. In that um, sometimes we've had I've had readers who have been sick or in the hospital or whatever, and so he'll go along to be a spiritual source for them, and I go along to sign books. So you know, we we make it work. Um, we don't hide it. Uh, we, we did for a while. I tried to write under other names, but um, no, I'm just who I am. And uh, I, I joke because he ministers to a, a um, more 
senior population. <laughs> That's a nice way of saying it, right? <laughs> and um, he, we actually give the books sometimes to the libraries of the, the senior facilities, and um, the ladies just love them. And one of them said the other day in a Soto Voce, you know, I wasn't really supposed to hear it, just because we don't do it anymore doesn't mean we don't want to read about it. <laughs> okay, then. And they, they say, Father Clint, you're a very lucky man. Aww. <laughs> Ebony said, that has to be interesting conversation at dinner. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's true. It's true. I mean, I don't know that, that, yeah, I mean, he doesn't, he doesn't maybe actively read all of my books, but he knows mm -hmm. what they're about. Yeah. You know, yeah. There's a conversation in the, in the comments about um, e-books and print books and getting books at libraries. So if, right? you're, if you're watching on YouTube, make sure you go check them out. Uh, oh my gosh. Ebony is just full of zingers today. We call them seasoned saints. Seasoned saints. Yeah, that's 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 a good that's a good title. Yeah, they would like that. All right, so I'm gonna ask you the same question I asked Jeff. I ask it of all of my guests if as long as we have time. Um, what is the most important book you've ever read? The most important book, and I thought about you asking, um, you know, that it's not necessarily my favorite book or whatever, but the book that probably changed my life the most, strangely enough, is Twilight. Because a lot of people have answered. okay, really? Yeah. Oh, I hate to be, I no, hate it's to be great. repetitive, but I um, love it. <laughs> if if I had not read Twilight, I probably would not be a writer today, or I wouldn't be a, a published author today, because it was the catalyst for spurring me on to to actually write my own story and publish my own books. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. See, I, I say there's this whole class the other day. We did the the panel on um, romantic, uh, on contemporary romance, I guess, and I said you can tell. When people were published by what they wrote first, and yeah. for me it was it was paranormal YA because we were already paranormal yeah. YA. Twilight gave birth to a generation of writers. It did. Enough. It did. Um, yeah, cool. I was I was part of a um, a larger group called Twi Moms. Oh, yes, you were a Twi Mom. I was a Twi Mom. <laughs> Hello to all my Twi Moms out there. Oh, <laughs> yeah, right. And um, there was a group of us who were writing our own books, and we actually formed our subgroup and went oh. off and. Cool. So yeah, very cool. That was very cool. So, while I have a lot of feelings about Twilight, both <laughs> positive and negative, yeah, um, it was a life changer. So yeah. I'm very grateful that it that it came into my life when it did. Awesome. Yeah. So, cool. Yeah. Um, Tamara said Twilight was the first book I really enjoyed reading after I stopped years before. Ah, see, yeah. I've heard a lot of people say that that, yeah. that she brought them back to that, and um, Harry Potter was out way before, but there is that kind of that merging of, of those two. Yeah. There's a lot of people who say that Harry Potter brought them back or or they read Harry Potter and then they moved on to Twilight. So, yeah. yeah. Cool. So, yeah. It was a, a wonderful time to uh, get into writing. Yeah. A brave new world. So, yeah. Well, Tanya, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Thank you for having um, me. And we're going to bring the next guest on and um, make sure you check out Tadra's information in the description down below. Hello. 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 Hi. Um, let's see. I'm going to see. Oh, Ebony says totally a Twi Mom. <laughs> um, all right. Cool. You read Twilight? I have read Twilight. Okay. I read all the books. Um, so Kiernan Kelly. This is Kiernan Kelly, everyone. She's a good Hi. friend of mine. Um, Kiernan writes hot and sexy stories of gay romance in multiple genres. She also writes young adult GLBTQ romances and middle readers as Dakota Chase. Kiernan's works can be found at kiernankelly.com. 
Dakota's work can be found at dakotachase.com. And you can also go to facebook.com slash kieran.kelly, which we'll have all that down below, so you don't have to remember all that. <laughs> It'll be a taste. Oh, okay. <laughs> I got to study. Um, so, Karen, we also, I think we met Coastal Magic, didn't yes, we? Yes, we did. Wow. Yes. We've, we've, well, did, were you at 2013? Or you... I've been at all of them, yeah. Wow. Old, so we met all the same blood. time. Yeah. That's cool. The Horrible Parrot Hotel. Oh. <laughs> Let's not talk about Okay, we can talk about it a little bit. There is this there parrot cage in the lobby. Yeah. And they just squawked. And it echoed. And it was, oh, and the food was not good. Yeah. Um, and some of the rooms were renovated, some of them yeah. weren't. We all survived, though. We did. We all survived. And we all came back. They were birth it was birthing pains. It was, <laughs> it was yeah. Um, that was when it was St. Augustine. Now it's in Daytona. Yes. So. All right, so our um, news item. Oh, I didn't realize I'd put this, you and this news item. Okay, <laughs> cool. On February 12th, <laughs> the remaining Romance Writers of America board members resigned from office and set a special election for March 13th to March 20th to elect a new board to serve out their current terms. Um, and this also happened right before the um, audit from the lawyers came out. Yes. So do you think those are related, Kiernan? You think? <laughs> yeah. RWA went. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yes. we've been following this story since December. Um, and so if you want to know more about what happened, you can go back and watch those episodes. I'm not going to rehash all of it. Um, but, but they're only serving out the current term, right? Which is like through August of this year, I think. Is that right? Does anyone are know? They, are they even serving out their term? Well, the, the people they're elected. Oh, the, that are being elected. Yeah, are going to serve out the current term. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. So that's not a long yeah. time. But they still they need somebody. Yeah, obviously. Or, yes. Um, is, uh, they have a conference. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not sure how that conference is going to work truthfully yeah. this year. We'll see. I mean, I, I understand why they, they probably didn't, I'm, I'm, I, I don't know, but yeah. I'm assuming that they didn't cancel it altogether because they probably had put a substantial amount of money down on the hotel and for the, 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 uh, the conference space and they probably can't get that back at this late date. So I can understand why it's going forward, but I'm not sure who's going to be there. Yeah. <laughs> I guess we'll see the pictures on Twitter. Picture. There'll be one. <laughs> <laughs> you remember that picture, that convention that someone posted a picture? It was like a sad ball pit in the middle of like an empty convention space. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking of. Oh no. Uh oh. Heather admitted that she, she never read Twilight. <laughs> it's fine. Oh, it's okay. Oh, she watched the movie though. Oh, yeah. Did you like the Twilight movie? I liked the last one. I did not say it. I like the last the one. Last, I didn't even watch the last one. I'll have to go back and watch the last good. one. The last one, I actually, I mean, I saw, I saw them all. But the last one, I actually sat there and I'm screaming at the screen because it's a certain part yeah. during the big fight and things are happening and you don't realize what's going on quite yet. And I'm just like, no, 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 what? No. <sighs> so I got quite angry. All right. I'll have to watch that last one then. Oh, I did listen to them on audiobook. I've been mentioned listen to them. I actually did. So this is before I really knew that libraries had audiobooks. Um, I got it at Cracker Barrel. You know how Cracker Barrel oh, used to wow. rent out yes. audiobooks? So you they could, used to rent them? 
Yes. I didn't know that. So when you you go, you went there and you paid full price for them, and then you could return them um, to any other Cracker Barrel, and they would refund the price minus four dollars a week or something like that. Wow. Yeah, a lot of truckers do it. Wow, I did um, not know that. And I, I was like traveling a lot at the time, and and so I listened to them. Yeah, on Cracker oh, well, I know. I always CD see the, audio. The, the the carousel of, of yeah. audio and. CDs and things, but I didn't know that they did that. Yeah, kind of cool. Yeah, um, you find a lot of mystery thriller there because that's that's their demographic. <laughs> yeah, uh, Tamara said she was screaming at the last movie as well. See, yeah, I know I'm not alone. All right, Karen, let's talk about your publishing history a little bit. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Scared. You've been, uh, you wrote this question. By the way, I asked all the authors to, to write their own questions because preparing for the con and preparing for like seven authors was a bit too much work. So I asked them if they could to prepare their own questions. Um, so why are you scared of a question you wrote? <laughs> I never said I was bright. <laughs> okay. um, you've been with a few publishers that have imploded. How have you survived? What advice can you give authors in the same boat? I have also survived a publisher. Yes, so, yeah. yes. There, there have been several. Mm -hmm. um, some of them went down the right way. Some of them did not. Mm -hmm. um, some of them blindsided me. Um, the The key is to to pick up and keep moving. That's that's the key. It's okay. not to let not to let it get you down mm -hmm. long enough. It's going to get you down, but not to get you down long enough where you lose momentum. Yeah, you have to. Yeah, and this. Recently, I've had experiences where it's now a, a huge ton of work because now I'm high up what they call a hybrid author. Mm -hmm. So I traditionally publish and now I also indie publish. And when you indie publish, everything is on your shoulders. Yeah. Um, all the work. So that's an adjustment that you have to make and you have to make time, but you also have to keep writing because you need to get the new book out. So it's, it's a matter of time management and um, just keep plugging along and not letting it get you down. Yeah. So that, that's my advice. Yeah, I definitely had authors who suffered the same implosion I did who couldn't recover because they, they took it, way, they way took too it so personally yeah. Yeah. and they took it as like a, a sign that they were a bad judge of yeah, character. you know, sometimes things like this are just out of your control and you have to accept that. Yeah. You know, and 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 the other thing is you have to remember that publishers, it, it's as much as you love writing and you're writing and it's an art form, it's a business. Mm -hmm. So like any business that goes down, you know, just because your grocery store has closed doesn't mean you're going to stop eating. You're going to go find another place to buy your food. So no, I'm just sad of, about Lucky's closing. <laughs> Uh, everybody said you definitely have to have thick skin in this business for sure. Yeah, I've seen a lot of writers um, kind of tumble out of it because they. And that's a shame. Yeah. That's a shame. All right. So, Kiernan. Yes. What is the most important book you've ever read? I've thought about this question, and I have to say that the most important book for me that I've ever read is um, actually a, a book called um, uh, A the Big Book of Fairy Tales. Oh. And it was a big, giant, yellow children's book. Mm -hmm. And it's the first book I ever remember reading on my own. 
I was very young, I was an early reader. And it's the one, it's the book that I would say launched me on a lifetime of reading, which eventually brought me to writing. Mm -hmm. So that would be the most important book in my life. I mean, it's so important to me that I actually went on Amazon and found another copy. And you know, I'm older than dirt, so this book is, is old. Yeah. <laughs> but I found a copy on Amazon and I bought it just so I could have it on my shelf again. Cool. I'm not older than dirt. Oh, yeah. I do remember Cannon came to, um, uh, well, she comes to a lot of the workshops I put in the library. Um, and someone even mentioned it recently uh, that you said that you're a grandma who writes porn or something. I am. I said that once at one of your panels. And someone remembered, and remembered it. <laughs> I said, I'm, I'm, I'm the grandma that But they didn't remember porn. it was you who said it. They didn't remember it was me. And they're like, <laughs> no, there was this woman and she said, that she was a grandma, she wrote gay porn. I was like, yeah, that was me. <laughs> Memorable. <laughs> the things I'm remembered for, that and dinosaur porn. Those are the two oh. things I will be remembered. That's my legacy. <laughs> All right. <Cool>. <laughs> <laughs> She's never going to have At the library, too. Ever. <laughs> no, of course. Of course. Oh, you're welcome anytime. Um, Karen, thank you so much. You're very and welcome. We spent all day talking, but I always yes. love talking to you. I love talking to you, too. Yeah, cool. <laughs> All right, next, we're going to bring on our next guest. We're going to switch them out here. Uh, come on up. Go, Shannon. Yeah. Go. I, I was waiting for Stacey. I was thinking maybe she'll come uh, in, right, <laughs> when I come to sit down. Yeah, we had um, an author. She had some, her babysitter canceled on her, so we weren't sure if she was going to make it or not. Um, but she's not able to make it, so it's fine. We're moving on. Um, Oh, Ebony, I love it. Everyone is well prepared tonight. I haven't seen the face yet. So a lot of, a lot of times when I ask that most important book question, uh -huh. I usually only give people like an hour, 30 minutes warning. Yeah. Um, and they make this face like. Oh, I'll make that face for you. <laughs> I know the answer, but I'll still make it. But I actually gave them a, a couple days um, warning. So they had some time to prepare. Ebony said this is like the best speed dating ever. Yeah. A nice, nice yeah. analogy. It is? Yeah. So I'm a fixed. No. <laughs> I'm a Virgo. Um, <laughs> I'm a Sagittarius, actually. Okay. I'm a Libra. Oh, okay. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Okay. okay so on. Shayla Patel <laughs> is a pharmacist by training, a medical officer manager by day, and a writer by night. She writes own voices teen romance from the Carolinas and is an unabashed fan of Happily Ever Afters with epilogues. Yeah. <laughs> and you know what? Since Twilight was actually going to be my book, because and you've heard this on a panel, I was telling everybody how Twilight kind of started me on genre of fiction writing because I was such a of this literary snob, thinking I had to write the next great American novel and, and it had to be literary fiction. And and then I read Twilight because my nanny, my son's nanny, forced me to read Twilight, <laughs> and I was like, wait a minute, this is the stuff I was thinking about <laughs> when I was in high school. Why not write this for fun? And and, and, you know, long story short, now I'm an actually published author. But I'm now that you bring up epilogues, I'm actually going to change my answer. So oh. if we can jump to that first. Do you want to do that right? first? Let's do okay. that. I, I don't want to throw you off. Okay. <laughs> no problem. No problem. So I was in, in my bio on my website, I mentioned that, um, and I actually have a picture of the golden books. Remember when we were mm. little kids and mm -hmm. we had those little thin... Uh, the fairy tales and the golden spines. Uh, yeah, well, yeah. yeah, and it was Cinderella, and I remember getting to the last page, and I would stare at this 
little, this, I don't even know what it was. It was some picture that they had on the very last page. And I was mad because I wanted to know what happened. Like, you know, the prince and the princess get together and what happens next? And I remember being so angry. I'd be like, oh. And throw the book away. And so How old were you? I was like, what, six, seven, eight? <laughs> and um, and I remember because I was in Chicago and we had shag carpeting, you know, the two tone shag mm. carpeting. So I remember the mm -hmm. shag carpeting underneath me. So I do remember throwing the book. So that's why I remember it was Chicago. It had to have been before 10. <laughs> I can tell you that much. But it, it was, that was, that's, I mean, of course, you know, if, if golden books had epilogues, they would be thicker books. They wouldn't be those tiny little, oh. you know. But I do remember that. So, so when I started this genre fiction, writing and I started reading more romance, I was like, oh, I like these epilogues because they tell me what's going on. So I'm going to change my answer. It's not Twilight anymore. It is Cinderella, the Golden Books edition, whatever that edition is. I don't know. Okay. Okay. Wow. So we can now get back onto the interview. I, I know yeah. I threw you off track. No, it's fine. <laughs> we had to plug in my laptop and unplug a light. This is nothing. This is nothing. All okay. right. Um, <laughs> cool. So we have our news item. Yes. It was announced this week that Judy Bloom will headline the Book Expo Children's Book and Author Breakfast in May. Mm -hmm. um, and this is notable, by the way, because she doesn't do a lot of appearances anymore. Yeah. Um, the breakfast will also celebrate the 50th anniversary of Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret. The other authors joining her on the panel will be Misty Copeland, Natalie Portman, um, Raj Halder, Marie Lu, and Kwame Mbalia. Not great one. Yeah, and that was you know when I saw that I was I was expecting because a lot of these book cons have had a very non diverse panel mm -hmm. <laughs> you know mm -hmm. these headliners and so so when I saw that I was like wow not only is it like diverse racially and 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 there might be some other you know marginalizations there that are being represented I'm not sure of but it's it's also not just fiction I think Raj Halder has a nonfiction book about mm -hmm. writing yeah. and and um, and so it, it's just an interesting it's an interesting panel I really yeah. I kind of wish I was going and I have a sense of it. <laughs> <laughs> you have like a celebrity and a debut author yeah, and, yeah. yeah. yes so I can imagine those the lines like if you've, if you've never been to like a book event there's a panel there's always like at the end of the panel everybody kind of rushes the table to try to get your attention oh. right never happened to me oh but 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 I, I you know I can just imagine that panel right that everybody would be you know the next like, time I see you on a panel I'm gonna rush the table and oh, talk to you. Thank you, Sarah. <laughs> thank you so much. <laughs> but yeah, I can just see the Natalie Portman line. Oh, you know, like it'll yeah. be it'll be very much. Yeah, you'll see that. And then there's Judy Bloom, and um, we were talking about Judy Bloom actually before mm -hmm. we all started, and and it was just she was she was a force of nature, yeah. right? I mean. Yeah. When Are You There, God, It's Me, Margaret came out. I mean, there were, um, and, and I was in that first group of kids. I won't talk about how old I am. But, but, but so, so these, these children. You read a first edition? No, it saying. wasn't a first edition. Come on, Sarah, <laughs> stopping me. <laughs> but, but, no, but I mean, you know, you would be like, they're talking about periods. Yeah. You know, like it was just such, mm -hmm. a, such a, you know, and, and it was such an important thing. I mean, when you're a child and you're, you're looking at these books, you're looking to them for information. It's such a strange thing to think like fiction actually gives us information. Yeah. I mean, with children, information. So yeah, YA writers, you know, we have a, a big responsibility to get right. Yeah. Yes. Let's, have, <laughs> let's have more periods in books. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Should have been 50 years let's ago. Let's talk about tampons, get the boys on board so they stop <laughs> thinking it's a bad word, you know, oh, and they stop <clears throat> as men taxing them. Let's not go there. Yeah. Okay. 
we keep we keep verging into yeah. and, and you know books aren't political at all so that was sarcasm <laughs> didn't catch that um i mean said that's an awesome lineup they're talking about goosebumps in the comments now um <laughs> that was after my childhood oh okay i'm just cool yes i'm old we'll move on <laughs> you don't <laughs> you look like you're in your 20s. Like, I do not look like I'm in my 20s. Oh. Oh. But no, but it's funny. People talk about these books that were, you know, there's series, right? The 80s mysteries, goosebumps, mm -hmm. all those. That all was not there. The series that I had was Nancy Drew. Mm -hmm. Like, that was something to me when I was growing up because, you know, there were no smart girls. And so to read Nancy Drew, I mean, that was like, she is kick-ass you know she was amazing you know and then i i don't know are we the same person like nancy drew was like the first series that i really read yeah, too yeah. yeah well because i think that was all that was available oh. right i mean as far as series go right yeah. all that stuff like the goosebumps and, and all that, that came later and um much later so so to me nancy drew was series and um i mean i even i think after i got through the entire series i think hardy boys was next and i was mm -hmm. like <laughs> Yeah, though they did have a boat. I thought that was cool. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, um, but even when I was a teen, um, there wasn't a lot. There was some, but there wasn't a lot. And I started reading adult sci-fi fantasy pretty quickly. Yeah. Well, I mean, for me, teens was what all the required reading for English class, mm -hmm. right? And yeah. so that, I think that's where I made my shift from genre fiction to literary fiction. And you know, you have all these teachers telling you that this is what literature is, yeah. right? So by the time I hit my senior year, and you know, you're reading all these great American novelists, and, and you think, well, this is what I want to do, because I'd always known that I loved writing. So yeah, I yeah. kind of stepped away from that genre fiction. But boy, let me tell you, I, I I remember eighth grade, fifth grade, sixth grade. Every time I read a Nancy Drew book, I would just look at that library, the shelf full of Nancy Drew books, <laughs> the yellow spines, and I would just love and and I kind of forgot that I, I moved away from that um, you know I mean I, not to say that I didn't enjoy all the academic books that we read and all the literary yeah. fiction but but um, that took me away from my voice and so I spent so many years trying to write literary fiction and it just wasn't me and then of course Twilight yes. came along <laughs> and yeah I ended up kind of falling back in love with genre fiction realizing that's really where my voice is mm -hmm. So if you're a writer out there, don't try to fit into a box. Just do what you want to write. Wherever it so I didn't even have to ask you a question. We like kind of just jumped into that conversation. She pegged me into talking about this. Yeah. I didn't say that live. You're the one first I person who said that. I, I, I said it before we started. <laughs> She's like, you're okay, Shayla, right? Because you'll, you'll keep me talking. Um, yeah, so speaking of that, it actually ties in really well. How do you feel about the, or how did you feel at the time about the lack of diversity in what you were reading? So, you know, the reason I, you know, you asked us to write questions, right? Mm -hmm. And the reason I put that question there, because I think a lot of people um, nowadays, right, like young teens want to see themselves in books. But honestly, when I was in eighth grade, fifth grade, whatever it was that I was reading, I didn't even know to wish to mm -hmm. see me in a book. I didn't think that was possible. And that's really what the sad thing is. I mean, and, and I don't even think I realized that um, until just a, year, a few years ago when somebody had asked Ruth Bader Ginsburg about the next, um, you know, the next Supreme Court justice and, oh, do you think we should have another woman? 
And she said something like, you know, well, why can't we have nine women? And I was like, that blew my mind. Because I was like, nine women on the Supreme Court? No way. And it was it's that moment where you realize you never even allowed yourself to imagine that. And then I think it was like the very next week I was at a book conference or something. And it is that's when it was it dawned on me that I never really dreamed that I could see myself in a book. Sure, I wanted to see myself in a book, but I just never dreamed that that could, that could actually be possible. So, um, so yeah, so when I started writing Soulmate It, mm-hmm. I, I was like, well, I don't wanna see myself in a book. And it was such a neat thing to think because I really didn't think that way. I didn't, I didn't think that, oh, I could set out writing a, a character who looked like me, you yeah. know, an Indian American girl that wasn't a stereotype that was found in an book or anything else, you know. But that was that was what was what was phenomenal about um, making that journey, you know, yeah. writing that book. So that's important to me. But yeah, that was that was one of the reasons I would question it because it wasn't that at eight or nine or fifteen I thought, oh yes, there needs to be Indian girls in books. I just didn't think it was possible. And that's what's so sad about it. When you have um, you know uh, LGBT kids, you have uh, kids of other mar- marginalizations and they just can't even imagine that. That's what's sad to me. Yeah. So yeah, so Judy Bloom, that was great growing up, you know, seeing all that. But but yeah, what would it have been like to see me in a book? I yeah. I, I can't even imagine. I yeah. can't even imagine that. Well, we could talk all night, but we have yes. to bring in the next the author. Next yeah. Um, we're going to have to get you on the show later so we can just kind of oh, yes. do a long form one. Yes. Um, yeah. So uh, thank you so much, Shayla. And you can find her information down below as well. And we're going to bring up Victoria, too. Um, I'm going to go through a couple of these comments while Victoria is coming up. And also, there is a cart rolling by. I don't know if y'all can hear that. Uh, Ebony said her first series was Amelia Bedelia and the Babysitter's Club. I love Babysitter's Club. Yeah, that created a lot of readers, too. Tamara said my first adult books were the Dragons of Pern books. Well, actually, she had a typo, but I'm not going to say that out loud. Can you see that word? Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> she corrected herself. It's fine. Um, all right. Oh, okay. EX10 has joined as well. Um, never considered a book written by people like me with main characters like me. All right. So welcome to the show, Victoria Sue. Hi. Victoria Sue fell in love with love stories as a child when she would hide away from her mom's library books and dream of the dashing hero coming to rescue her from math homework. Yes. (laughs) She never mastered math, but never stopped loving her heroes and decides to give them the happy ever after as they fight so hard for her. So please welcome to the show, Victoria Sue. Yay. I'm just imagining like, yeah. (laughs) We need crowd sounds. Um, All right. Um, So have you seen the show? You haven't seen the show before. I haven't. But yeah, you kind of, so they were at, um, her and the next guest were at an event and so they had to come in a little late. But so usually what we do is the first half of the show with a guest co-host, we do about 30 minutes of publishing news from the last two weeks. And then we do an interview with a third guest. Um, But we're kind of squishing all that down and doing mini interviews with okay. each author. So we're going to do a, a news item. Be squished. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, so this is something we've been talking to show since the beginning, since October, and we're close to seeing a resolution. 
Amazon and the publishers who sued them over Audible captions have come to an agreement that Audible will not include copyrighted works of the plaintiffs and all other AAP members without permission. The parties attempted to have the settlement sealed, but the judge denied that motion, referencing a settlement amount that may be redacted. So we know that one of the parties is paying another party some amount. That's all we know. Mm -hmm. Do you know about the audible captions a lawsuit? I know. All, all I know is that um, Audible were trying to put legible red captions somewhere, whether it was on somebody's phone mm -hmm. or something like that, where they, they, they listen to the music. And the publishers, namely the Big Five, didn't like this because yeah. they said it was kind of like their territory, the written yeah. word rather than the spoken word. So. Yeah, they were creating ebooks out of the audiobooks. Yeah, basically. I think it was Audible wanted a slice of Amazon's pie. Yeah, and um, and publishers didn't like that. Yeah, um, yeah. So this has been a happening since October. They've settled out of court, um, and so it looks like we'll probably know what the settlement entails in a couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. So, and then we'll be able to close this chapter and move on because I've been talking about this for five months. <laughs> All right. Um, do you listen to audiobooks? I do. I yeah. love audiobooks. My dog loves audiobooks as well <laughs> because that means he gets a much longer walk. Oh, yes. Yeah. Same. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. And I've even got to the point now where I'll wait for a book to come out on audio oh. rather than buy an ebook. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, most like 95% of my book consumption is audiobooks. Now, yeah. So. And that's about to go up because I'm about to have a much longer drive to work. So, um, well, Victoria, um, was there anything in your life that you, um, so, oh, it wasn't in your bio, but you're right, gay romance. I do. Yes. Um, was there anything in your life that influenced your decision to write that? Um, two things. Um, I, Far too many years ago, probably about 25 years ago now, I used to nurse. And as you can prob probably tell from the accent, in England. Oh, no way. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's hard to believe. Um, but many years ago, I was a student nurse and doing a night rotation. And um, I got friendly with a young man who was terminally ill. And I came from a very sheltered background um, and I walked into his room one evening and he was reading uh, what we called Mills and Boom, which is the English version of Harlequin romance. Oh, okay. And um, we got talking over a few nights and I said, why are you reading that? Because I knew he was gay, but it was a, a cowboy and a cowgirl, mm. obviously on the cover, it was a het romance. And um, he said, because I can't get any books that show me on that cover. Mm. And I will never forget that. I mean, that's, like I said, it's 30 years ago. And unfortunately, he, he did die uh, a week after that. Oh, um, but that's, I've, I've never ever forgotten that, that he could not buy his idea of romance, just walk into a, a bookstore or get an e-book. Yeah. Wow. I don't like it being, not being inclusive. Romance mm -hmm. is for everybody. Cool. 
Are you getting teary? No, I'm, I'm getting teary. That. Yeah, he influenced <laughs> me a lot. Like, um, I mean, I won't say his name or anything, but yeah, yeah I'm never ever forgetting. Thirty years later, and I'll never forget him. Yeah, Ebony wanted to say hi to you. She said hi, Victoria. Hi. Um, and she loves your accent. <laughs> Uh, we we did a murder mystery last night, by the way, at Coastal Magic Convention, and we were two of the actors, and you were a likely suspect. I was. I was really upset because I didn't die. Oh, I'm sorry. No. I'm really sorry because I'm the murderer. <laughs> so that's my fault. Yeah. I mean, you, are you saying you, you would have liked to have killed me? No, 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 no. No, no, no. You no, no. just said you were really sorry, and you were... <laughs> you wanted to die. <laughs> oh, you're twisting yeah. it back on me. You were a likely suspect. I was just a likelier suspect. Yeah, yeah, very, very likely suspect. In fact, I did it. Um, I killed someone with a gin bottle after drinking gin all night, but I didn't yeah. know that the murder weapon was a gin bottle. I would die if I had to drink gin anyway. So. <laughs> Could have just asked me to drink. So you know it wasn't you. Expired on the floor. Um, all right. So I'm going to ask you the same question that I ask everyone. What's the most important book you've ever read? Um, I would say recently. Well, I'd say recently. It's got to be nearly 10 years old now. Um, I was reading one of my favorite paranormal series uh, written by an author called Tina Folsom. And it's, uh, if I pronounce that right, and it's Skangard's Vampires. And I think it was book eight in the series. It's a het series, male, female, but mm -hmm. book eight was gay romance. Mm -hmm. And that was the first gay romance book that I read. Oh, was it? Yes. Oh. And I, that was it. That was it. That <laughs> changed was your first, life. Yes, changed my life. Excellent. That's great. Uh, oh, I'm mean, excited. I can totally see you as a murderer. Thanks. <laughs> Thank you, I think. Is that me she can see as a man you? She sent Sarah, yeah. Oh, she said gin makes you sin. Blame it on the gin. Yeah. Oh, I should have used that defense. Disgusting. <laughs> All right, Victoria, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Um, you can find Victoria's uh, links to website and social media down below later tonight. I don't think it's there right now, but it will be later okay. tonight when I add all the links. And... Um, yeah, have a good night, and I'll see you. Thank you. And we have one more guest to bring on. Um, let's see who's going to look through the comments while she's walking up here. Um, a lot of people love Victoria's accent. That's nothing new to you, is it, Victoria? <laughs> They're not so keen on it in England. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. So now we have Brute. Hi. Hi. Hello. Yeah. Brew Baker is the author of nearly two dozen LGBTQ romances, including the popular Camp Howl, H-O-W-L, series. She writes in both contemporary and paranormal worlds. So welcome. Thank you. And tonight you'll talk to me, because last night in the murder mystery, it was my <laughs> job to follow you around yes. planning and your job to put me on. I know. I had to tell them ahead of time. Because, <laughs> like, you're, well, your character is male, mm -hmm. right? And he was supposed to try to get, I was a Broadway producer, and he was supposed to try to get a part in my show. And um, he uh, 
and I was supposed to brush him off. So I had to tell you ahead of time. So you didn't think it was, was me personally being rude to you personally. There, <laughs> right. was, there was some like anxiety though tonight. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> sorry. You gave me a pen though. Yes. I'll show, I'll show everybody. Okay. Yeah. When I'm not writing, um, I'm painting and drawing. So that's one of my things. It matches my fake tattoo. Um, Hebony says, hi, bro. Hello. Tamara said, welcome. They're probably my most prolific commenters, if you haven't heard from today. Yeah. Um, all right. So we have a news item. Uh, the Los Angeles Times announced the finalists for their book prize and winners will be announced April 17th. They're launching a new prize, the Ray Bradbury Prize for Science Fiction, Fantasy, and Speculative Fiction. And Walter Mosley will receive the 2019 Robert Kirsch Award for Lifetime Achievement. So I... I wanted to include this because the LA Times book prize isn't usually one that I care that much about. It doesn't tend to be a genre that I like to read, um, but they're adding the science fiction fantasy one. So maybe that will change. <laughs> well, and they're, I mean, they're really expanding this year. I think this is the first year that they're kind of looking to include blogs, like any mm -hmm. kind of creative, um, you know, outlet that promotes reading and literacy. Uh, I think they even changed the name of it this oh. year. It's the LA Times Festival of Books and uh, Storytelling and Innovation, oh. or Storytelling and Ideas, I think cool. is what it is. I've been a few times, um, never to the awards ceremony, but just signing books and stuff at mm. the actual. You live out there? I don't. I live oh, okay. in Indianapolis, so oh, I have a chance okay. to not <laughs> be in, in Indianapolis. <laughs> I went to Indianapolis once. Let me ask you a question. We're going totally off topic. I'm sorry. Um, I used to go, so the, all the fraternal and sorority nonprofits are based in Indianapolis. And so I used to uh, be the vice president of London for one, and their conference was there. The city was so clean that it looked like a sci-fi dystopia where, like, everyone had died. Um, yes. is, that all, is it always like that? It, it's always pretty clean. Wow. Uh, because not a lot of people live downtown. That's oh. changed over the last few years, but it's very much, a, a, you know, deserted in the evening. So it can be pretty freaky to yeah. go because uh, you don't see any grocery stores. You don't see anything like that. It's just like white, white walls and white yeah. sidewalks and empty streets. Well, and just keep white, white, yes. Yeah, like, that I mean, too. Yeah. So also why I enjoy <laughs> going to L.A. since I'm not white, white. So. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm glad you confirmed that that's how it always is because that was creepy. Um, all right, cool. So we're going to break, go into the interview now. Let's see. I'm going to see if anyone's saying, oh, Ebony's a cool pen. It is a cool pen. I actually asked like several people where they got it. And then when I walked by your table earlier, just hand me one. I thought someone had told you no, that I was looking yeah. for it. Just... <laughs> I think it would everybody that I had done something with. So even cool. though you wouldn't talk to me last night. <laughs> All right. You did defend me, though. I did. You know, a lot of people said that they put me as the murderer because, because of that. That they thought yeah. that I would do it on your behalf. So. Oh, oh. That would have been really nice. Yeah. I, I did it, though, just to be clear. I'm definitely the marker. Um, anyway. All right. So, oh, wow. You've signed at the LA Times yes. Festival of Books. That's the next question. Yeah. Um, what is that like? What is the what is the event like? I mean, it's very different from any other book con. Because I've done, I've done book con. And yeah. um, uh, World Fantasy Con, uh, Book Lovers. You know, I love this one, too, because it's so small mm -hmm. um, and intimate. 
but there's, I mean, it's just enormous and it's outside. So I wasn't really prepared for that. So the first year I got really sunburned oh, yeah. and you know, you're outside, it's 150,000 people, which mm. is a lot, even spread out on a college campus. But I really liked it because usually when we go to a book fest, it's very targeted toward one genre. Yeah. And, you know, I'm a, a former librarian and so I like most genres. And so going to something like that where you have pretty much, you can walk through little lands and each genre is kind of like that kind of <laughs> oh, that's cool. Yeah, that's cool. You say that. Um, I was gonna say something that. Oh, yeah. I went to one book festival to school where we were out on the field for the signing. It was like an hour and a half on the field, but I am white, white. Um, and so I actually went to my car and got my umbrella because I was like, I cannot stand in the sun for more than fifteen minutes, really, without sunscreen. So, yeah. Um, all right, so let me ask you the same question I've asked everybody. What is the most important book that you've read? Um, I mean, I, and obviously I have read Twilight, and I'm not, and I, as a librarian, I'm very like, don't be ashamed of what yeah. you read, but I'm still a little bit ashamed. Yeah. Because <laughs> I actually went and did a Forks tour. Oh! I, I took one of my baby moons and went to Forks with a friend and stood outside the high school, and I was like, I'm going to blame more books. Um, <laughs> but it did happen. Uh, but I am very drawn toward villains, and in my books, I want complicated characters, nobody's black mm -hmm. and white, um, and so for me, Wuthering Heights is, oh. is probably the most important book, because it was the first book that I read that I identified the villain and questioned, was he really a villain? Was she really, you know, what, what was happening there? There were so many things that were complicated, and it didn't have to have a happy ending. Didn't, I mean, my books do because they're romances, yeah. <laughs> uh, but I'm not writing gothic literature. <laughs> but uh, but it was just a really different type of book for me. And, and you know, that continued on into reading like Rebecca and other books. My mm -hmm. favorite Shakespearean play is Othello. My favorite is Othello, too. <laughs> yeah, Othello. Iago is um, yeah, hard to beat as an interesting character. Mm -hmm. uh, so, I mean, that really shaped how I write my characters and how I write, you know, the villains or the bad guys. Uh, just because I want something sympathetic and all of them, I want the reader to be conflicted. Like, I should hate this guy, but. Yeah. So it, it all kind of goes back to hate the book. So. Cool. Very cool. Um, Tamara said, I would love to go to a book festival. Ebony said, Me too. I've never been to a book conference, con festival. I love them. You love them. I right? do because you're among your people. Yeah. You know, you this is a great one. If, if you like romance, urban fantasy, paranormal romance at all. This is a really great conference to come to. It's small um, and intimate, but a lot of fun. And you can tell because all the authors keep coming back year yeah. after year, which is always a good sign for a time. Um, well, I'm glad you're a librarian because you're going to be here with me for the reading quote of the week, um, which is a regular feature. I, I, By the way, if anyone's a regular watcher, um, I got rid of all the other monthly or weekly features, um, but I kept the book reading quote of the week because I assigned it in October and I didn't want to change my sheet is really why I kept this one. Um, <laughs> but it is from Mortimer J. Adler, and I'm going to put it up on screen. I got out of the habit of putting things up on screen because we didn't do the other series. Um, uh, let's see. In the case of good books, the point is not to see how many of them you can get through, or rather, how many can get through to you. That's great. So if you're worried about your Goodreads challenge numbers, don't. I think that's the translation of this. Yeah, read what you want at the piece you want. Yeah. I mean, no apologies. Never apologize for how you read. Yeah, definitely. We're at a romance convention, so we can say that yeah. 
loud and proud. Well, I mean, in gay romance. Yes, <laughs> yeah. yeah, for sure. All right, Brew, thank you so much for joining for us. And um, you can go ahead and head off, and I'll just do the little outro here. And uh, you can find Brew's information in the description later tonight. Um, and if, you if you've enjoyed the show, don't forget to like and subscribe. Usually it's a little bit different than it was tonight. Um, but if you don't, you don't want to miss another episode. So also tell your friends if you enjoyed the show. Um, and uh, you can subscribe via email down below as well. You'll find a link to the Patreon in the description. Thank you so much to my Patreon supporters. One of them is actually in the room right now. Hey, Brenda. <laughs> um, and, but thank all of you online as well. And uh, the social media for our guests is going to be in the description later tonight, along with the Pub Talk Live social media. Thank you so much for watching. And, uh, oh, actually, next episode, it might be um, a little different as well, because that is the day of the Orlando Book Festival, which is the largest event that I plan all year. And also, two of my best friends who moved to another country are in town that weekend. So I think I'm going to try to pre-record the show. So we're not going to have a live show on March 14th, but I will still have something for you. So make sure you tune in and it will be um, uploaded at the same time. So good night. Um, Ebony is adding the quote to her dream board. Good night, Tamara. Good night, Heather. Good night. Oh, did you guys name yourself? Are we pubbers now? Is that the, that's so awesome. They gave uh, the community a name on this. I saw it in the comments earlier, but I didn't realize <laughs> that's, that's so cool. Great. Okay. Oh, I feel, okay. I'm fine. I feel really emotional. Um, you can't tell because it's me, but I feel really emotional right now. Okay. Uh, one more comment. Yes. Okay. That's what we're calling it. Puppers. Cool. All right. Have a good night. Thank you so much. And I don't have the music coming up, but I am still going to show the people. Thank you so much for listening to this pre-recorded episode of Pub Talk Live. To find out more about the show and find out how you can watch live, go to pubtalk.live. Thank you so much to my Patreon podcast sponsors, Brenda Drake, Jay Lynn, and Reframe.